Welcome to What's Up, Wellness from the Third Floor. This podcast is provided by the Wellness and Health Action Team, also known as WET, from Portland State University's Center for Student Health and Counseling, or SHAC. We're located in the Health Promotion Suite on the third floor of the University Center building on campus. Our purpose with this podcast is to discuss a variety of health-related topics in a way that will be accessible for a non-traditional campus. My name is Bella, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. My name is Josh, and my pronouns are they, them, theirs. And my name is Quinn. My pronouns are he, him, his. We're all members of the Wellness and Health Action Team, and we'll be your hosts for this podcast. Let's get into it. Hello, lovely people. Today's episode is going to be about the Cultural Resource Centers, or CRCs, at Portland State University. And we have Pedro Torres, the Assistant Director of the Cultural Resource Centers, here with us for an interview to talk about the role of the CRCs in the PSU community. And we'll also talk about student activism, Black Lives Matter, allyship, and community. This is going to be part one of a new series centered all around the CRCs. Over the next two terms, we will dive into each specific center to hear from them, their students, and their stories. The reason behind doing these episodes is to amplify voices within our community that are overlooked far too often. Please enjoy. Welcome everyone. Today we have Pedro Torres here from the Cultural Resource Centers. Do you wanna go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, sure. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Pedro Torres. I, my pronouns are he, him, his, and I am the assistant director of the Cultural Resource Centers, and I also serve as um, the program coordinator for La Casa Latina Student Center, which is one of the centers. Awesome. We are so excited to have you here today um, and very happy that you'll be talking about these resource centers because they're so important to our community, to our campus, and the justice work that we all try to be a part of. So do you want to go ahead and start by um, introducing what the five centers plus the Manasa initiative are so our viewers can kind of get a sense? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, so we've got... Um five centers, as you mentioned, on campus, uh, plus an initiative. Um, so those are, and I'm going to say them in order of the ones that, the one that's been here the longest is the Multicultural Student Center. Um, after that, that's in, let's look at it in Smith. Uh, after that, the Native American Student and Community Center, which is its own standalone building um, on Jackson and Broadway. Um, after that came La Casa Latina Student Center. Um, that's been around for about 11 years. Um, and then after we had those centers, um, we, at the same time, uh, from a student speak out, um, that really was the impetus for these two, was uh, the Pacific Islander Asian American uh, Asian Student Center, and then the Pan-African Commons, um, which opened up at the same time as well. Um, those have been around, oh gosh, it feels like a little bit longer, but I'm gonna say maybe two or three years. Um, and then, out of that, uh, we had a large uh, Manasa community, which stands for Middle East, uh, North, Af uh, North Africa, Southeast Asia. Um, and that was just an initiative that was um, started, to be honest with you, but a lot of student activism. Um, and then that became an initiative um, and then got organized. And then with our help, uh, it's gonna soon to be a center. Uh, we were just, um, we were just approved for some actual physical score footage on campus. Um, so then we're in the process of, of hopefully sometimes doing building that out. That is great news. I know people have been fighting for that for a while. So I'm really yeah. glad that um, people will have a space for that. And um, I think a question that might be on some people's minds is who can use these centers? Like who goes to these centers and uses your services? That is a very good question because we get that question a lot. Um, the, the cool thing about the centers is um, they're for everybody. Um, we, do, um, we do provide resources. Well, we provide resources for everyone. And like I mentioned, um, they're student fee funded, which is really important to note. Um, and so they're there for all students. Um, we do pivot around race and ethnicity. Um, so we do get a large percentage of our students, uh, our regular students that kind of come in and out um, from the represented communities. Um, but yeah, but essentially, um, we also do a lot of programming, uh, and those are definitely open to students, um, to all students. And we love when we have like people come in, you know, just, we have student receptionists at the front. So people come in all the time and say like, oh, what do y'all do here? And, you know, we kind of let them know. So 
Yeah, absolutely. That's really good to know for people who are allies and, um, you know, friends and, and all types of community members. That's really good to know. And um, I want to ask about the Multicultural Student Center, especially for um, our mixed friends and um, community events and that sort of thing. What role does the Multicultural Student Center play in like the network of all of your centers and all the programs that you have? Um, that's a good question too. Um, the Multicultural Center has been on campus um, in different areas actually, which is interesting, uh, for about 27 years. Um, and so that started out um, just from a need from students of color, recognizing that there wasn't really a space for them on campus and not any resources like toward, you know, for them. Um, so that also kind of came about from student activism. Um, the way that it works now is, uh, that's one of our centers at Smith with the largest um, footprint, if you want to call it that. Um, and before we had some of the other centers, um, that was, I don't know, we, we would almost call it like our catch-all, right? Where like the other centers, there was a Native American Student Community Center, and then there was like a Latina Student Center, um, because those were some of the more visible or larger populations or whatnot. Um, and so a lot of the programming that happened at the MCC, uh, which is what we call it for short, um, were for really it varied year by year. And it, it's really nice because I think the Multicultural Center has kind of slowly adapted over time um, to serve the needs of the students that use the space. Um, and it could be like a mix of international students because we've had a lot of students come in and out at different times. Um, and we have a really good relationship with those departments on campus. Um, and, and one of the interesting ones that you hit upon was our mixed race students, um, because that population has just been growing more and more, um, especially in the city like Portland. And so um, there is a really cool group that started a few years ago called Mixed Me um, from a group of students, you know, that, that are mixed race um, background uh, that kind of got together. Uh, they organized through South, uh, which is, you know, student groups. Um, and then they started uh, collaborating with the MCC and started doing events there. And that's something that I think I've seen that population of students grow, uh, which has been really neat, like just to kind of see them come together and meet each other and just talk about like commonalities and issues that, that they have. Um, so the way that the, the MCC, because it's a larger space, um, it also kind of functions almost as a hub. Um, we, we also used to use that space um, when we weren't as busy, um, for our for our events for the other centers, um, so then that was kind of nice too. Um, as we've grown, as we've um, had a lot more users uh, come into our spaces, uh, we aren't able to kind of just shut down for events like that. Um, so it still is kind of like a hub. Um, our executive director is there, um, the assistant directors like workspaces there, um, our office manager is there as well. Yeah, that's that's a really great thing to have of that hub and that like base that people can have to spend time in and have events there. I've been to a few like events. I had some food and panels and celebration. And I think that having those roots here can be absolutely vital in a student's experience. So I just want to say thank yeah. you as I have. Oh, no, yeah. And it's, and it's been nice because like I said, I think one of the nice things about the MCC in particular is just that flexibility and adaptability from year to year, because I feel like I feel like we've done a really good job um, of kind of um, being able to assess like the students that come and use the spaces from year to year. And sometimes it's from term to term because it can really change. Um, and so the Manasa Initiative, for example, that did, didn't have a physical space, all of their events were held in there. Um, and for a while that, that almost served as like their little hub. And so, um, yeah, it just kind of, uh, it's nice to be able to kind of adapt to that way. Um, and then in terms of the mixed me, I, kind of coming back to that a little bit, um, it's really interesting just kind of how it worked out because uh, we have an interim program coordinator right now uh, that's serving out like this school year. And that's actually a student that just graduated that helped create that club. So it's been, it's been super interesting the way that kind of has come about, so. That's amazing. I love those stories. There's so many of those at Portland State of students doing a lot of activism and then carrying their work postgrad and getting a job here. Yeah. And I think that's really part of the community that we have and um, 
that longevity, I think. And um, that really ties into my next question, actually, which is about um, PSU's culture of social justice and community building. And, you know, this shows up in different ways and has room to grow in certain areas. But um, how, how, did, how does the existence of these centers and the community that you all have, how is that part of this, um, you know, drive for social justice? Um, you know, I think, I think that the fact that the MCC has existed for so long, um, I think just kind of is a test to the fact that, you know, students of color have been around for a while and they've always been like part of the fabric of PSU, if you will. Um, now, I think it's, it's been great that, you know, there's been that visibility for those students. Um, and then as needs have grown, um, for different communities, for different students. Um, and again, just for questions of like visibility, questions of equity, uh, questions of social justice, I think, um, you know, it's, it's grown, uh, maybe not as, as, as quickly or as well as we would have liked, right? As with anything else, you know? Um, and a lot of it, um, it's been, I really do think that, um, this is also, I think, a testament to student activism and the way that it exists at PSU is that, you know, a lot of times, a lot of these bigger things that have gotten done, um, we're not taking like all the credit by any means. I think a lot of it comes from students, you know, and it comes from a lot of work of, of students of color, um, you know, pushing and pushing and pushing um, and, you know, making demands and things like that um, for like all of these great changes. Um, in terms of, you know, the, the way that it connects to PSU, I mean, I think um, I think it's just part of that whole idea of um, the way that the university sees itself in terms of with the community, right? And, and its place in it. Um, I mean, because it's, it's kind of cool that it's just like a university just dropped into like the downtown, right, area. Um, and so it's not a typical campus. Um, there's community people coming in and out all the time. And I think um, a place where you really see that is the Native American Student Community Center, because um, I think they have just a ton of community members that just kind of come in and are just a part of the day and the day to day and the events and things like that. Um, but I do see, I do see it as a positive. Um, and, and I also do feel like um, we as professional staff and our teams, I think sometimes we, we feel that as well, right? Um, because when things happen, good and bad, you know, a lot, I think a lot of times people will look to us or come to us for you know, anything, right? Like help, assistant, resources, um, what do we do kind of things. Um, and so that, that's been interesting too, to kind of, to, to witness. Yeah, absolutely. To just be even just a place that people can go to when they don't know where else to turn, that is justice work. And I, I yeah. think really amazing to have. Um, um, I wanna ask you about, um, how you all fit into DMSS, the Diversity Multicultural Student Services, um, especially the Multicultural Retention Services, TRIO and, and other things like this. And how do those services like fit into what you all do? Right, um, and so, oh my gosh, I'm probably gonna miss a few here, but so you mentioned some of them, but there's also Student Legal Services, uh, there's the Disability Resource Center, um, but yes, so you named like some of those. And um, each of them does something kind of unique um, with our students. And I think of all the things you mentioned, um, those as well are open to all students. You know, those are, those are not just for, you know, uh, students of color or anything like that. Um, and so the relationship that we have with all of them is they're separate units. And many times we work collaboratively, other times we're not able to. Um, but in essence, a lot of the students that kind of come through our doors um, are also, you know, either part of other programs or, you know, we, we definitely uh, take them over to uh, something that they can, another resource that they might use. Um, so for example, a student might come to one of our centers um, that, that we end up finding out needs some legal assistance. And then, so we take them over to SLS or we might find that a student is having like test anxiety or something like that. So we might uh, send them over to the DRC to, to inquire about, you know, finding out if, if there's some sort of, you know, something that's come up or whatever that they can help them out with. Um, and then MRS, they have individual cohorts that almost really nicely line up with each of our centers. 
Um, not all of them, but but they do. And I think we have a really good relationship with with MRS, especially in that sense for multicultural retention services, um, to where um, they are really big participants in our events and, and vice versa. We reach out to them um, for promotion of events and programs. And a lot of times, you know, uh, they reach out to us and things like that. And we, we well, sometimes we'll do like some programming together with them. So that's really great to know. And you mentioned the um, student legal services, which I hadn't even thought of that connection to. Um, do they help with immigration? They do actually, um, and you know it's funny because a lot of times, well, a lot of times, and you know you could say this about any, almost any unit on campus, right? It's like there's always going to be students that are like, I didn't know that, I didn't know that was there, you know, and then you know a lot of times the best is when they do find it and it's something that they can benefit from and then they utilize, right? Um, and that's like I said of anything. I mean, you know, Shaq, like your team. Uh, you know, anything, right? And it's like, so it's always nice to find new resources. Um, so SLS, uh, they do actually, they're, they're really big advocates for uh, DACA students and undocumented students. And they actually, um, I'm, I'm, I'm almost sure that they're probably doing this in some way remotely right now. But when we were all in person, uh, they would contract out with an immigration uh, attorney that would come in and have hours there. And then students were able to make appointments with them. Um, their staff, if I, if I, I'm going to get all these things wrong. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure like some of their staff can answer just general questions, but a lot of times, obviously, you know, they want to, you know, stay within the bounds of the law and stuff like that. So they'll, they'll um, refer someone to, to those specialists that come in. Um, and there's even some services that they can do for family members of students. Um, and they're somewhat limited because it's still mostly for students, the, the services they provide. But yeah, they, they do a lot of great stuff there too. That could help so many people. Thank you for bringing this up. And um, yeah. I will be sure to link uh, student legal services information in the description of this episode. So if you're interested in that, um, I'll have that resource there for you. Yeah. Um, and so I want to pivot and talk a little bit about how the events of this year um, not just COVID and election and everything, but especially with Black Lives Matter, how that's affecting um, the work that you all do and how you've seen ripple effects in your centers. And, you know, kind of how are you bringing Black Lives Matter into everything that you all are doing? Hmm, let me see. Uh, gosh, where to start? <laughs> <laughs> I think 2020, um, I feel like it's, it's been an interesting year to say the least. Um, you know, we say that as we're, as we're nearing the end of 2020, right? And, you know, I've heard like, I've seen like memes and jokes about like, you know, people waiting for like 2021 as if like that's gonna magically change like so many things, right? But, but I think just the fact that we can say like, we're rid of it, I think that'll be like nice, you know, just to like not whatever, you know, just to not see it there. Um, I mean, I think, um, 2020 has been interesting because I feel like it's just been a magnification for um, a lot of the challenges that our communities have faced over many, many years. And it's almost like they all got smushed into one year, you know, um, whether it's uh, with uh, uh, the political, you know, environment that we're living in and those, all those challenges, um, as well as like, gosh, now a pandemic that you know, has scientifically been proven to affect communities of color, like in just very disproportionate ways, right? Um, you know, on top of that, you know, you add that to, to just a student population that's very unique. You know, we're a public institution. Um, we have a lot of commuter students. Uh, we have a lot of remote students to begin with. And so, um, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, you as a student and in the roles you've had on campus and things like that, I mean, you kind of know the student makeup. I mean, a lot of our students have multiple jobs. Um, a lot of our students have children. A lot of our students have just many responsibilities. And so, you know, now you're adding like all of these issues and just magnifying them. And so it's, it's really hard to, to expect for students to just naturally go about, you know, their life, like there's as a student, right? Um, I think it's, you know, I don't think anybody expected students to, 
but I think, you know, I don't know. It's like that saying about like, you weren't given like a handbook for this or you weren't given instructions for this. So that's, that's been really interesting. Um, and so I think it affects students in just multiple ways, you know, um, you know, students that, you know, were already like caregivers or had, you know, younger siblings, um, or were dealing with like issues themselves. Right. Um, you know, now they're doing it just from home. Right. And when, when the lockdowns were like in place, you know, you're just kind of trapped, you know, in, in just very different ways. Right. Um, and so I think it's been tough. Um, I will say that, you know, based on the students that I've talked to uh, and based on our student workers and the fact that they're continuing to do like the work that we're giving them, um, I don't know, it's, it's really been interesting to see. And I, I feel like, and this is just my own personal opinion, but I see like the resiliency of our students, you know, and I see them, you know, continuing to do their work, you know, continuing to take care of the little brothers and sisters, you know, continuing to have multiple jobs. And, you know, for the most part, they're handling it, you know. Does that make it okay that, you know, that this is, no, not at all. But, but I, I think it's been, um, I don't know, I feel like um, students and, and people that, you know, have all these challenges and are being able to be successful anyway, I don't know if they realize like how well prepared they are for like the real, you know, the real world. And I'm doing like air quotes, right? Like once they're done with school, right? Because it's like, I feel like they're gonna be able to handle so much um, once once they get, you know, out of PSU and things like that. Um, yeah, that, that intersection of so many of the different things that have been going on is so important to talk about because, mm. you know, sometimes when we're reflecting on this year, we're like, well, we have pandemic and we have election and Black Lives Matter and fires and like, you know, all the millions of things. But the way that those intersect and affect communities of color is absolutely so important. And we know that it's affecting low income communities of color, COVID especially, yeah. uh, and poverty, unemployment checks, you know, like all these things. So um, thank you for bringing that up for sure. Yeah. And, and I, I didn't even touch upon, like, I think your question was, how have we incorporated Black Lives Matter into our work? Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like, um, and again, you know, I'm just speaking for myself here. I think by design, I think that's always been part of our work. Um, and I think, you know, Pac and Pia have only been around for a few years. But I think even before that, um, you know, that, that role that we were talking about with the MCC, um, you know, I myself remember helping um, some of the Black student groups on campus, like with, with like admin stuff, you know, and just kind of being able to be a resource in any way we could, you know, when they didn't have a space yet, when they didn't have a coordinator yet, when they didn't have, you know, a person. Um, and so I feel like that, and, and this is, I think, just as a cultural center. Um, I feel like if you're a cultural center on a campus and you're doing your job well, then I think Black Lives Matter is, is part of your work, um, just anyway. Now, I think that being said, I feel like nobody's perfect. There's always room for improvement, um, and including for us, in, including ourselves. Um, so I think, again, the, the issue is coming up and and the big push and the demands like being made by by the activist voices you know of either students community members you know just national figures whatever um i think that's been that's been a good like jolt you know it's been like a good push um it's it's been like i don't know it, it, i feel like it like shook people up uh not shook the way that you all use it but <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> um, you know, but uh, I met younger people because I'm older. Um, but anyway, um, I think it was like a good, like, little reminder, you know, to kind of maybe refocus a little bit. Um, and, and this is something that we're doing, like, as a, you know, even ourselves as centers, is, is we're literally going through our systems and kind of um, the way that we interact with students, the way that we hire students, the way that we 
have student leadership opportunities. And we're looking at all those things um, to kind of identify areas of improvement, you know, and quite frankly, we're looking at uh, to see if anything that we have are, are structures that are, you know, that were set up to exclude, you know, certain people. And so, um, so that's something that we're, that we're doing alongside, you know, additional programming and things like that. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. And I think especially with Black Lives Matter and this jolt that we've all gotten, this reminder um, that especially people with privilege, like, haven't had to think about this all the time, but a lot of people have to think about this every day, um, you know, and, and haven't gotten, haven't ever gotten a break about thinking about um, police violence and racial justice. So it's important to keep these conversations going. And, you know, we've seen over the few, last few years, even the last decade, like this conversation flowing in and out. In 2015, we saw Black Lives Matter arise up and faded down. And I think we have to keep pushing this time and and really do some reflection and some bring some humility into it too, you know, because yeah. we're not always going to be perfect. Um, none of us are, you know, completely innocent in this system. Right. So we're going to keep pushing that narrative. And I, and I think one of the interesting things about COVID is, you know, in the end, this may end up being one of the few positive things about it is that, you know, the impacts of it and on the healthcare system and on the way that, you know, like we've said, it impacts people of color and communities of color um, is, you know, looking at all the, the systems that are failing, you know, and they're just not adequate for like everyone, you know, just across the board. And so I think a lot of the conversations that are, that are happening now, um, whether it's having to do with like police violence, with like, um, access to healthcare, um, adequate access to healthcare um, and things like that. Um, oh my gosh, like everything, just everything, like homelessness, like um, issues around um, food security, like all these things. Um, I feel like it's, it's so challenging because it's, it's like there's, I feel like there's people that work so hard um, to bring these issues to the forefront and it's almost like, it's almost a little unfair to say like, keep asking for, you know what I mean? It's like, because it's, it's we all have to work on it together. You know, we can't just leave it up to, to X, you know, and X, Y, and Z people to, to continue doing this stuff. Um, it's like, it's something that should be part of like everyone's work. Yeah, absolutely. And it starts with, you know, internally and then moving that within your friend group. And it, it can be a slow process, but it's important to like, keep going, you know, and I, I really appreciate that perspective. Um, and I, I want to ask you about how we can bridge um, the gap between your centers and what you do and what we do in trying to like advocate for student wellness and health justice. And how can we really make your centers like a source of healing for folks? Um, and, you know, especially for communities and bringing people together and having that root and that base, um, that hub that you talked about, how yeah. can we make that um, an avenue for healing? I mean, I feel like, um, you know, this is something that, um, and again, you know, I, I can only speak to like my experience and maybe, you know, the way that I work with students and just some of the feedback I've received as well as, you know, as well as like just talking to colleagues from the other centers. Um, I feel like those things are happening, right? Um, but I, I think just with, as with many other resources on campus, um, you know, there's always more people that you can help. There's always more students that you can help. Um, but again, sometimes even the issue might be just uh, that, you know, people don't know that we're there, right? Because there are like tons of students on campus that don't know we exist, you know? Um, and so it's always nice, like I said, to, to have those people that come in and be like, well, I didn't even know this, you know, this was here. Nobody told me. And they're like seniors, right? And they're leaving or something. But, um, but I think um, that's funny that you bring up wellness because, um, and healing because that's actually a learning goal that we just added um, because of you know, everything happening um, and because of the Black, Line, Black Lives Matters movement. And so one of the ways that we wanted to address that is by trying to identify 
anti-blackness within not trying to identify it just recognizing that it's there recognizing that it's a thing that i think pretty much any group or organization is not immune to it and you know um and so addressing it and then trying to counteract it right uh, and again through like discussions through conversations with our teams uh through trainings that we've done um because that was one of the that was our big focus when we did our orientation for our, our larger student team at the beginning of the year um we had to, we had a facilitator come in and, and work with us on anti-blackness um and so it's something that we're continuing throughout you know the school year they could really go hand in hand um i personally like in our center at la casa um we have done a couple of things with with your team uh with the wet team and uh because of that and because of our because we know that that's so important and that's something that that affects all students like you know even students that might just be like oh no no i'm good i'm good i'm good you know and a lot of times you know it's because they're so busy they don't have time to like slow down to be like you know what maybe i'm not good like maybe this isn't healthy for me to this isn't sustainable for me to like have all these responsibilities all these things to do and you know um and so i think um yeah i mean i, I feel like there's a lot of room for collaboration um i think at the end of the day you know we want our students to be well uh, and healthy um and and the healing part of it i mean my gosh again like where to start it's like there's so many there's so many things that our students can you know come come in the door with right uh when they come in uh to 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 campus and to our centers um and really just to you know just to hopefully to provide a space where you know they can have commonalities with other students or with friends or that they're able to just talk you know in a in a comfortable safe space right um and then you know providing other resources like we have a couple of our staff that are confidential advocates for example um we you know a lot of us are really there just to talk to students you know and and when we would spend time in our centers it was just that so that a student could just walk up we didn't have offices for that reason well there's other reasons but uh you know students could just come up and and talk to us and just let us know what was happening and things like that um and so so yeah i mean i think the healing the healing part especially i think for a lot of our communities it's it's really really important right and however that begins to take place for each individual student i think that's kind of a little bit up to them but, but yeah, yeah absolutely and even just being in a space where you can be yourself being in a space where you can share openly and be understood is absolutely so healing and i think a big part of it um you know and like you mentioned students might not even be realizing the effects of things that have happened in their life or even in their families there's generational trauma involved you know even PTSD from this year and um from protests i remember actually being um at protests in portland and having nightmares for like weeks after because of the things that happened at those protests and you know that's just one small thing maybe not small i don't want i won't invalidate myself but um you know people have had lifetimes of this and so it's important to realize the effects and realize when there's room for for prioritizing your health um so that's super important yeah no and I, and i think that's that's been i think uh that that may have, that brings up um you know the the fact that we when all this was going on that we met as a team and that we chose to kind of really prioritize uh black lives matter and anti-blackness within our systems um i think specifically because of what you're talking about you know because this idea that that you know this is a community that lifetimes you know generations you know has had to deal with like so so much and so you know i feel like um it's absolutely like the right time to to really put an emphasis and a focus on 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 those communities and and the students from those communities um and it's okay i mean you can do other work you can it doesn't mean other things stop but it but it does you know give importance and give more visibility and 
and on our end, like accountability, right? To, to like, what are we really doing like for this community? What are we really doing like to make changes for ourselves to better, to better help these communities, right? Or be better allies or whatever, so. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, and on that, how can allies of communities like specifically to, you know, racial or ethnic communities that are represented by these centers, but also like sub communities within this and larger like students of color, how can allies really um, put energy into supporting your centers? Uh, you know, into supporting the centers. Um, I mean, one of the, one of the, I think one of the interesting things about, one of the cool things about our centers is, like I said, we're student fee funded, we're, we're open to all students. You know, I mean, we, it's, we, we never want to give the impression that like, oh, you have to be like from this community to come and use a space, you know? And it's like, I mean, it's only natural that, that um, the communities we serve are going to be the ones that obviously mostly use the spaces, right? But I think through our programs and through programming, um, one of the one of our learning learning goals is intercultural communication so i feel like through the events that we put on i think it's to allow others to come and to celebrate with us right um in in you know the good and the bad right because we also do like workshops around like racism things like that anti-blackness things like that so it's like you know i think there's many opportunities for people to participate in 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 different ways um i think allyship is just very interesting. And I think, you know, as time goes on, I think the way that that looks can mean different things for different people. Um, I feel like there's definitely, I don't want to say there's a right and a wrong way to be an ally. I mean, I don't, I mean, clearly we could think of examples, right? <laughs> of, right. But I mean, I think, you know, like, um, I don't know, something that comes to mind is like taking too much space, right? And when you go to an event or something like that. I mean, and so I think um, most of us know like the good and the bad ways to, to be an ally. But I think, I don't know, I feel like um, the biggest thing I think is, is to just really inform yourself about like the communities, to learn more about the communities. Because I think so many times that might give you a little more insight into how to best help those communities. And, you know, sometimes it might just be like, more of like um, working on yourself, right? As an ally. And this is for all allies, right? It's like, um, I think so many times um, it's it's we that have like these issues and we wanna like project them onto other people, right? And it's it, sometimes it's not a question of like, oh, how can I help you? But it's like, how can I change like myself a little bit? Or how can I rethink the way that I, that I view things? Because um, I think a lot of times because otherwise, I mean, I think if we don't want to change anything about the way that we operate, but then we're trying to help somebody else, it's kind of like, I don't know if that's the best way to do that, you know? Um, but, but I do, I don't know, I feel like um, when it comes from a good place, when it comes from like, when you know that it's like well-intentioned, um, I don't know, I feel like I, I tend to be pretty reasonable. Like, I mean, I'll allow, like, that sounds horrible, <laughs> I'll allow. I just mean like, I'm okay with people making mistakes, right? Like allies, again, if it's coming from a good place. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, I feel like there's plenty of opportunities for people to, to participate in some of the things that we do. Um, uh, and then in, in those ways, I think be an ally. Um, there's like collaborative work that can be done, um, you know, but I think a big, big chunk of it is really like, um, working on yourself, you know, um, and I think that's that's a huge start, you know, and and again, you know, just because of the way that, you know, I think these issues coming to light more prominently in the media, in discussions, and academia, I think that's giving people a better glimpse of like how to do that better, you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. There's so many layers of privilege and allyship, and it starts with educating yourself. But it also it has to continue, you know, like there, things are constantly evolving and you have to keep educating yourself and not just take one class on social justice and think, you know, everything, you know. Mm. Um, so do you have any resources or, or ways that allies could do that through your centers? 
on campus, there's different student groups and maybe like different units that are also trying to kind of figure it out, right? Um, and so, especially with the, the recent like activity around Black Lives Matter, I think that there, there was um, kind of like, uh, I don't wanna say people scrambling, but I mean, almost like people saying like, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? What can we do kind of thing, right? And so I don't, I don't think it's helpful to say like, well, you should have been doing things, you know, since before now, right? I mean, whatever. It's like, the point is, I think is, is yes, I think these are things that have been building up. Um, but I think the fact that, you know, a lot of people are, are looking into it and trying to find ways to help, I think that's an excellent start. Um, in terms of resources for allyship, um, you know, I would say, you could probably reach out to, gosh, I'm trying to think. Um, no, you know what? I don't know, to be honest with you. I think, and, and this might not make it to the, you know, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, and, and this is more because I'm, I'm struggling with a question and, and like, sorry, this is more for you, Bella, versus like the podcast. Um, I feel like we get a lot of, um, I don't, there's so many few, there's so few uh, faculty and staff of color that what I don't want to do in this podcast is say like, oh, reach out to like that person, right? Because I, then, I also think it's so important to not ask like one person be like, yeah, you speak for all black people. <laughs> yeah, or even like what resources can I get, you know, because I mean, I think those people are already inundated, like helping their community. Right, and themselves, you know, so many times. And so, um, yeah, I mean, allyship resources, gosh, I mean, there's probably some on our website, to be honest with you. Um, and yeah. that gets updated periodically. But I think, I think if anything, um, that's something that I, I feel anyway should start like outside of us, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think there's plenty of work that people that are outside of these communities can do um, to, to help themselves. And then, you know what I mean? Kind of like we were talking about earlier, it's like the idea of, of like working on yourself to be a better ally, you know? Yeah. Because I guarantee you like, and this is with anything, you know, I think if you work on something on your own, a lot of times that, that really informs what you do next, right? Um, and and you, might, you might work on, you know, certain things about your belief systems or, or things like that. And then just be like, oh, cool, you know what? Like, I feel good, like I feel better with this and now I can do this or now I don't have to do this, you know? Um, but I think, um, yeah, I think, I think one of the things that's interesting right now is, um, you know, I've, I've witnessed just like a lot of strain on faculty and staff of color, you know? Um, and the fact that there's so few, the fact that I think a lot of them feel like not uh, adequately supported, you know, our centers, like, uh, and not just our centers, I mean, just certain centers, you know, uh, not being adequately resourced, things like that. And, and those are things that we're working on, you know, like through our own channels. But, um, but at the end of the day, I think so much of the work that we do is, is with our students, that it's like, I feel like a lot of times that has to be our, our primary focus. Yeah, that's, that's totally fair. And, you know, that's a larger PSU problem. It's not going to be just with your centers too, yeah. of um, undervaluing staff of color and, and the isolation that can be there sometimes of um, not feeling supported. So that's yeah. super important. And I think with um, allyship and privilege, something that is helpful is naming the thoughts or beliefs that you have just as a start. Um, and you don't have to agree with them. It's okay to have thoughts that have been fed to you that you, you can name and be like, hold on, stop, halt. I don't believe that. I'm gonna push that over there. And that's just like a way to start kind of fleshing that out of your system. Cause there's so much unlearning that we have to do. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. And, and so that kind of got me thinking um, and this is something that just, just happened recently. Um, 
we, we the university, not we, <laughs> uh, recently got a new vice president um, of global diversity and inclusion. And so uh, that's Dr. Ame Lambert. And uh, they've been great, to be honest with you. Uh, they haven't been here that long, or at least it doesn't feel very long. Um, but I've seen like a lot of movement just coming from them and from that office. Um, and they were able to work with the president to um, put on a summit. And so students were invited, although it was mostly faculty and staff. And, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I think it was a really cool thing because, um, you know, it's no secret that PSU is predominantly white, you know? And so there was a lot of colleagues on there, you know, staff and faculty that, you know, it wasn't super comfortable for them, I'm sure, you know? And, and, you know, we were discussing like um, ways to improve, like uh, just the way that PSU does, you know, equity work and is more equitable and is more just for, for all students, right? Um, and, and there was a focus on social justice specifically and things like that. Um, but I think like that's an example of something that's a good start, right? Because it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, they reached out and said like, hey, people of color, like come and train, you know, these other people, you know what I mean? And, and they, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, seeking out that, that learning through other channels, I think is maybe a better start than, than necessarily like going straight to who you think might help you the most, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's super important. Um, and I, I want to ask you about, um, just going back to your services too, um, are the, is there anything that you wish people in these communities of color or communities that you serve, um, that you wish that they knew more or services you wish they utilized or some validation that you want to offer them? Um, what would you want to say to that? You know, I think, uh, a couple of things that come up is, is, you know, we touched on it earlier is about the idea that like some students don't even know we're here. Um, I think that is probably a little bit to answer the, what do you wish students knew about? Well, first that we like, we're there, right? And that we're there, um, you know, not just for those students, but you know, that we're also, can, we can be a resource to any student, right? Like, as I mentioned, and, you know, the different opportunities for them to participate. Um, because at the end of the day, I think, you know, that is also part of being a good ally, right? Is again, becoming informed about these communities and their struggles. And, and then that might inform how you could possibly help in the future, right? Um, you know, in terms of resources, um, I kind of, uh, we have, uh, when, since we've gone remote, um, we've really tried to make our professional staff available to students, you know, to all students. Um, but especially the students that were coming in and using our spaces, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. Because um, I think one of the things that we lost by going remote, um, and this is again, everybody, but, you know, just that sense of community for a lot of students. Um, you know, we were used to students coming in and, you know, just hanging out and studying and being themselves, like you mentioned earlier, just feeling like they could be themselves and that's it, you know? And so, um, we as coordinators, I think we all miss those communities as well. You know, we miss the students coming in and letting us know how they were doing, how their, you know, classes were going, what they were up to with their student groups, um, you know, attending our events, things like that. And so um, it's hard because everything's happening on Zoom, right? And so it's hard to tell people like, get on Zoom again, <laughs> you know, because I feel like nobody wants to do that, right? But I, I kind of wish that students would take a little more advantage of, of like connecting, you know? Um, and, and I know that, you know, I think the ones that see the value in that are kind of doing that amongst themselves anyway. Uh, so I'm happy to see that like a lot of the student groups are continuing to do their thing. And, you know, there's still like many conferences happening and all that. Um, and so again, I think it's tough to ask people to get on Zoom more yeah. uh, when I think people are just Zoomed out, but you know, just reminding them of like, you know, the, the power of like reaching out and talking to somebody, you know, whether it's just a friend or whether it's, you know, a, a professional staff. Um, and so we're, we're definitely here to anything, answer questions, chat, you know, um, 
try to help provide a resource or find a resource. Um, and so, you know, that, I think, I think just uh, reminding students just to stay connected, you know? Yeah. And, and to, yeah, to stay well. So how are you, how are you doing that with the connection piece? Are you holding events? Are you having like a community Zoom space? Like what Yeah, we, we do actually. So we're, um, you know, in terms of the events, uh, you know, they obviously had to move online. Um, and, you know, I'm also proud of like our, our executive director and, and just kind of our team, because we just decided that even though, you know, uh, some units were allowed to do small gatherings on campus. We just saw the way that it was impacting our communities and we were just like, absolutely not, you know? And, and sometimes that might go against maybe even the wishes of some students, you know, that all you all want to do is like, and I get it, you know, <laughs> like always just see your friends and just kind of get some sort of normalcy. But I think because of the impact that it's had on, on the health of, you know, of our communities, I think we just said, we're going to stay remote, you know, even if, you know, um, so then with our events, uh, yeah, just kind of moving them online. Um, and then also some of our teams also um, are, are conscious of the fact that there's Zoom fatigue. So, you know, maybe instead of like a live program that you have to come to, uh, maybe that turned into more passive programming, right? Where it's just like uh, a social media post or a video that people can watch on their own time, you know, um, so it's kind of been a mix of those things. Uh, and then each of the centers um, has like virtual hours. That's kind of like meant intended to be that space, like the virtual space um, for you all to come in and chat with us. And uh, we're having like some success. And uh, before it was just the coordinators that were kind of running those spaces. And so I think a lot of us have used our team members, which I think to make it a little more accessible, right? Because uh, not everybody wants to get on and talk to like a staff person, right? So, uh, so we kind of started using our team members from, so like for La Casa student team, uh, that person, they can come and chat with like another student, whatever. Um, and honestly, it's just intended to, to be kind of anything that the student needs to be, you know? It could be just to like pop in and be like, oh, hey, like, you know, I miss coming to this space and just kind of checking in um, or just uh, inquiring about ways to get involved or things like that, so. Yeah, absolutely. So where can people find out about where those events are. Oh yeah, so honestly, I think the the best way is probably um, on the, we have a Google calendar for the cultural resource centers and all of our events are on there. Um, so for all the centers. Um, so I think, you know, most campus uses Google. So uh, if you search through your calendars for the cultural resource centers, um, all the dates and times are on there. Um, but also we do have a newsletter that we send out uh, by email once a week. Um, and that has a link there. And then a lot of times that newsletter just has basically our events on there. Um, so that's probably a good resource too, just to kind of see like what's coming up, um, opportunities, things like that. Uh, when we do hiring and when we, we have openings, they kind of get posted through there as well, so yeah. And you have an Instagram as well? Yeah, you know, we have an Instagram for all the centers, for the CRCs, and then each individual center also has an Instagram as well. Um, and I can probably get you those links. Lovely, we will post all those links yeah. in the description. Um, so that's all the questions that I have for today. Do you have any closing thoughts or thoughts you wanna offer for people interested in your centers? Oh gosh, um, you know, if you don't, if you didn't know about us, I mean, now you do. Um, we're absolutely here to help and support in any way that we can. Um, and this is, gosh, especially to like, you know, I, we've been remote through like a start of a school year. And so there's a lot of students that maybe haven't even set foot on campus, you know? <laughs> so um, I think to those students in particular, um, we definitely would like to welcome you. I mean, it's the middle of the term, but you know, uh, we hope that your experience uh, at Zoom PSU <laughs> has been has been interesting so far, and hopefully, like you've met some people and things like that. But no, I mean, just uh, just reminding people that we're here. Um, we have different resources. We have you know student leadership opportunities. We have employment opportunities. Uh, we have events and programming. Um, we have an advisory council that you can serve on. I mean, there's just different ways to get involved. Um, 
but I think, and this I would tell people in person, and I guess I can say it because we're trying to do this virtually. Um, I think one of our biggest resources, uh, our biggest pluses is that uh, when you come and use our spaces, it just feels like a community. Uh, and I think when you're when you're new somewhere, I think, I don't know, everybody, I feel like most people just want to make friends, you know? And so, and find your people, find your community, um, find friends. Um, I think this is, these are good places to do that. And there's, again, tons of, there's, 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 there's other resources and other resource centers on campus, um, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, just um, become involved, stay involved. Um, yeah. And then, I don't know, it seems like there's some good changes on the horizon. <laughs> so hopefully, uh, you know, um, vaccines, you know, uh, changes in, you know, political administration and things like that. So, I mean, I don't know. I feel like uh, things are starting to turn around uh, slowly, but yeah. Yeah, here's to a great 2021. Let's I know. Yeah, <laughs> turn it around. No, I, yeah, I, I really do think, um, you know, I, I feel like our communities have been through, and, you know, everybody, but I mean, our communities especially have been through so much. And I think, you know, it, it just, again, goes to like their resiliency and their continued, like, just fight and, you know, work ethic and, you know, just, you know, you got to get it done kind of thing. And so, um, you know, I, I, or a little earlier, you talked about words of encouragement and it's like, I don't think I said anything, but, you know, just you, and this is not, you know, this is just to all students, but, you know, I say it to students of, of color, you know, because that's, I don't know, that there's like, well, anyway, uh, you know, we are really proud of you. You know, we're really proud of your persistence. We're really proud of, you know, your continued, you know, just drive. Um, these have not been easy times. Uh, and so we, we definitely acknowledge that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you're, if you're still here and, and if, even if you're not, you know, it's like, we're just proud of you, you know, um, as, as a unit, as a group, you know, not just our student employees, but you know, people that, you know, we, we really miss students so much. We, we talk about it all the time. We're just like, Oh man, we miss students. You know, it's so interesting. Um, so it's, it's been tough on everybody, but, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I encourage you all to, to stay involved in something on campus. Um, reach out if you need something from us or if you want to you know, learn more. Um, and yeah, it's almost the end of the term. It's getting close to. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned the just like continuously working hard and being resilient. And that is so valuable and your health and well-being is also really valuable and because you're valuable and because you matter and i hope that if you are interested in pursuing your health and wellness you um, can come to us as a resource shack has counseling um, and i want people to know also that we are continuously having those conversations internally about justice and hiring more staff of color counselors of color um, and we have trainings on that too. And, and we're trying and we know that we have a long way to go. So, um, but if people are, are wanting resources, we are here for them. We have free COVID testing. Um, so look into that. And um, I really wanna thank you so much for being a part of this, Pedro. Oh yeah, oh my gosh, of course. Uh, it's, it's been nice chatting with you. <laughs> yeah, um, and we will be having um, the future sessions with each individual center and hopefully having a conversation with students who use your centers and really amplifying those voices. So yeah, yeah, no, I'm definitely excited for that just because I think, you know, each coordinator has their own unique set of skills and you know, the way that they work with students and uh, just being able to dive a little deeper into like some of the programs I think will hopefully be very interesting to students and, and get them excited about like, oh, that sounds super cool. I'm gonna totally attend that. Yeah, um, and, and know, like just, we talked about educating yourself, like this is one of the ways to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Yeah, Bella, thank you. It was good talking to you. 
Thank you again to Pedro for joining us for this episode. And don't forget to look out for our next episodes in this CRC series in winter and spring term. Our backgrounds and experiences affect our health in many ways, some that we don't even realize. Please take care of yourselves as you learn more about yourself and the community around you. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the What's Up podcast. We'll catch up with you on our next episode, which will be posted every Friday this term. While PSU has gone remote for the time being, we wanted to let you know that Shaq is still here for you. We are fully committed to the physical and emotional health and wellness of PSU students. Please call ahead to use our health services for flu shots, free COVID testing, or general appointments at 503-725-2800. Counseling services are still available via telehealth and you can schedule your appointments by calling that same number 503-725-2800. If you are looking for more health and wellness resources, you can check out our online health magazine that gets sent to your pdx.edu email every Wednesday, or you can download the Campus Well app. You can also check out the virtual MindSpot experience to rest, relax, and rejuvenate wherever you have internet access. We will be including website links in the episode description. We also have a Google form that you can complete with any questions about health, check, or anything we discuss in the podcast. You can find the link in the episode description. Thanks for listening and take care.